Hey guys, so hope everybody's well. This is um coming up on the end of week two in um St. Moritz. It's it's a pretty cool place to train, so um I don't know if you've saw I've put not like too much, but I, I've put little um pictures up on Instagram every now and again. Um just I guess not in a, kind of is like showing off, but it's kind of just showing off how beautiful St. Moritz is, um, but it is, it is a really nice place to train, life's pretty simple, like, I mean, I pretty much every day do the same thing, um, I, you know, I try to get to bed about sort of nine, half nine, and um, I set my alarm for eight o'clock, um, Whoop actually has... I didn't know this until recently, but um, Whoop has an alarm that vibrates on your wrist, which is pretty cool. So you don't have like the morning, like, I don't know, alarm shock in your ears. You have like quite a nice casual vibration on your wrist. And then a lot of time I actually kind of let it keep going until I actually wake up, because I'm like, I'll probably just turn it off, like, you think you, like, tap it a few times, but the likelihood is I'd turn it off and then go back to sleep, um, but yeah, life's pretty simple, sleep, probably, like, nine, probably latest, ten o'clock, um, but really do try to be in bed for, like, nine, I think sleep, sleep makes one of the, you know, critical differences in whether you manage the training load or not, um, I'd imagine when injuries and illnesses pop up, it's there's probably a correlation to sleep. Um, so then usually 9.30, um, start the run. Whether it's, uh, today was two hours, 20 minutes. Um, I, I actually started today at 8 a.m. Well, probably like 8.05. And then I did like 80 minutes. The guys were doing a bit less today, the group I'm training with. So, um they're all racing in a few days time in Stockholm so um oh my god I think Armagh scored no way wow anyone that's watching Armagh Galway that is huge a goal on the fuck I guess we're plus five minutes now like that is absolutely chaos it's now 2019 um yeah, sorry about that. That's a pretty, that's a big, big thing to happen. Um, so, yeah, today was like two hours twenty, and then I usually go little straight away, straight after, um, and I get like sparkling water, fresh orange juice. Every day I get like a nice fresh loaf, um, like a nice fresh baguette, and that's pretty much. <laughs> I don't know that it's like the best nutrition in the world, but I've pretty much been eating like a nice fresh baked um loaf per day i mean it's not huge but yeah it's probably pretty big i would guess it's probably like a thousand calories if i could guess but i mean when you're running i guess i'm running like 110 120 mile a week so like you're pretty much burning it every day um one thing i've kind of cut down on um is butter so normally i'd buy like the loaf of bread and then I'd cake it in butter but I just don't I I don't exactly spread lightly 
is what I'd probably say. And so because I don't spread butter lightly, it's actually been better. I'm not bothering with butter. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just drinking a coffee before I go. Sunday's actually... Um, <clears throat> I'll come to that. So, yeah, the, the routine is pretty simple. Um, like I said, it's plenty of running, little trips to... Little trips to little. <laughs> um, we make little jokes every single day on every run. But yeah, so pop over to little, pick up a few groceries, um, go home, shower, just relax. I've been watching plenty of series on Amazon. So at the minute I'm watching The Boys. Um, and I just watched, I guess, Reacher. But I'd seen Jack Reacher, so it's kind of similar. But yeah, just kind of flicking through um, different series, puts in a bit of time. Um, anytime there's sport on, that's pretty cool. So like the USA Track and Field Champs, like keeping an eye on um, some of the Irish champs just to see how um, the guys are doing there. The, the British champs, the trials for world champs, keeping an eye on that. Um, so yeah, there's been little little bits. It's going to be quite nice when the Tour de France starts. Um, that'll be that'll kind of be a game changer because you can you know get your training done and then keep an eye on, I guess, how the guys are doing in the Tour, um, which is great. Um, and it, I guess anything on camp to fill the day in a way and fill a bit of time is, you know, it's really nice. Um, like it can get a bit boring, but it is the, the boring life, I suppose, if that's what you want to call it, the mundane, you know, the, the mundane existence, I suppose you could say, um, training for the marathon up a mountain, it's, it's very conducive to good training as you could imagine because you're you're honestly not doing anything maybe like once a week you go for like pizza like as a group but like aside from that you're you're either running maybe stretching um <laughs> maybe having a nap or watching a series you know again resting um my only inconvenient evening was when the drug testers showed up at like quarter to ten and I like that's PM and I like had already like checked out for the night and then had to like get up out of bed and um spend the next two hours. Um like imagine going for your last pee of the night tonight and then like half an hour later someone knocking on your door and like staying until you need to do a pee so arma have a free kick here and all of time is up and i guess if they get the point here this will go to extra time that is crazy what a game um so yeah so no look it's 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 been a good camp like um today was a good day to do a podcast um mainly because um oh my god they got it that is crazy that was such a great kick. I've been watching um, Gaelic a bit more and AFL, so Aussie Football League. Because I was very curious about like the crossover, I suppose you could say. Um, and some Irish players do go and play in the um, Aussie League, which I, I mean, I the Aussie League's like professional, I suppose you could say. And obviously Gaelic, um, from my understanding, is amateur whether that could be a podcast maybe in itself about pay and all this kind of stuff but 
that's not what today's about. So look, this has been a good camp. Um, it's my fourth week where I've averaged over 110 miles a week. And so anyone that knows, um, I mean, I don't expect people to know this, but it's probably the highest month of training, honestly, since 2016, which is crazy. And then the, um, the, I, I, the words not similarity, but the crossover is that in 2016 I had also joined um Nick Badeau's group, um Melbourne Track Club, and um Nick had been writing the program back then also. So probably that's probably the crossover. Like I guess it's very very interesting how different an athlete I am with company when I'm pushed then and, and you know if I know there's people running at 5:30 you know I I double pretty much every day and I guess that's that's what's going to make the difference to the that's why the mileage is going to be 100 and you know 10 or 20 per week versus like gosh most of my marathon build ups lately have been 85 90 and within that 85 to 90 there's been um probably plenty of quality but I guess those runs that I've skipped have been like you know for example like even though I ran two hours 20 minutes this morning I'll still go meet the guys at 5 30 and you know run five miles and it's actually the these are the most enjoyable runs and like also the easiest you know it's just a five mile evening run so it's it's interesting when you're avoiding the easy stuff but it does add up so it's been it's been good to, it's been good for the fitness that's probably what i'll say um to you know spend a month north of 110 miles a week um it's not a direct correlation to performance but you know in contrast for london marathon when i ran 209 i averaged 78 miles per week now I wasn't exactly running 70 to 80 miles a week. I was running 90 to 95. Um, but then when I got tired after Lauren Half Marathon and I had to miss little days here or there, you know, the average sort of came right down. I think once once Lauren, or like, I guess, yeah, Lauren, you know, the Antrim Coast Half Marathon, once it was over, you're looking at the next three weeks were maybe like 50, 55, 50 type thing. And so, of course, that's going to hurt the average quite a lot. Um, but the bulk of the training was probably 90 to 95. So, you know, 110, this week's going to be 120. It's still a lot more even than 90, 95. So that's pretty exciting. And it it has it's had its fair share of quality because, you know, you're training with a group of guys that um, – you're probably looking at the slowest 5k runner being like 1320 1317 maybe actually i think maybe he's ran faster than that maybe he's ran 1313 which is pretty incredible so that's the that's you're talking that's the slowest runner and then me so like and like i mean i'm i'm keeping up if that makes sense you know like i'm not like i'm not like completely out of my depth like i've trained really well um i think the guys have sort of been quite positive about that and you know been quite good for my confidence to kind of suggest that I'm probably quite fit and could run pretty quick even on the track and so that was the 
that was the goal. I believed that before London, the reason I raced so well was because I got my track fitness back to a place, or not even back to a place, but to a place that it's never been before. Hold on. So that was the... Actually, no, the big goal was to find a group. I think I got tired in Flagstaff of doing stuff by myself. I think um, it wasn't so much that I needed, like... First of all, I'm really grateful to have coaching and I'm really grateful to have a coach that will, you know, set the program and it's taken a lot of, um, I guess it's taken a lot of the stress away. It's 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 taken all kinds of, God, there's a big fight at the Arma game. They're all boxing ahead of each other. Well, good to know they're passionate. Um, yeah, no, look, it's 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 been really good for, yeah, call it like the stress side of things that um there's just been little to no stress um because I'm not the one having to think what should I do next you know what training should I do next um what should be the goals what should be the goal race you know how should I how should I map this out it's really nice not having to do that um and for the first time in a long time it's been a month of very little stress I think um, Nick Badeau helped like coach me in 2016 to try to make Rio and I I didn't end up making it it's the best block of training I've ever done you know there was 120 mile weeks 130 110 all this kind of stuff but in the end I trained too hard and too fast and tore my quad but it, it, it was my fault it wasn't Nick Badeau's fault Um. I just then got really emotional after that. Like I was I was younger, you're talking six years ago. Um I got really emotional after that and I actually retired and big drama as I usually am. Um but yeah, it's been I I needed help. I realized that it was gonna be really difficult to keep um training at a level that you know, to to train at a level that it takes to be competitive and I think not to be like I don't know, I don't want to sound like arrogant and like a dick, but I, I feel like I have so much ability and I think I was doing myself almost a disservice trying to do it by myself and not surrounding myself with people that, you know, are on a similar path and are really good athletes and can really push you and um, I think I would say that I've just instantly felt quite at home training with the group and like helping the guys and I get on really well with the you know, the whole group, like Stewie and Jack and Bucky and Rambo and Brett, and that's the only guys I've actually been able to, you know, train with lately, because, you know, the other guys are in um, Australia, and then the fact that, you know, the coach knows me, and knows my weaknesses, and knows the areas that I need to work on, and um, yeah, it's been a really nice fit, and it's been then quite noticeable how little stress has been involved in like that last month of really good training like stress has been at an all-time low but training has been you know at a really high level so that's been exciting that was that was a change that needed to happen in order for me to you know kind of not like keep going in the sport but I believed that in order for me to actually be good or um, get back to a level that I've been at before or perhaps better, I needed to change something. I felt like 
Rotterdam showed promise. But at the end of the day, I didn't get the result that I wanted to or needed to. And so I still felt there was something missing. And yeah, and so it, it's been a real a real good change, a real positive change. I did my first marathon session on Friday, which was, you know, the alternating K session. It was kind of difficult because on one side of the lake, you know, you could run sub three minute per K quite comfortably. And then on the other side of the lake, it was really windy. So, you know, that obviously impacted trying to run three minute Ks. Um, but yeah, I, I've been able to build... You're never, some sessions have gone really well. Some, I I guess like Friday because of the wind and when you're running 110, 120 mile a week, I guess you don't really know which day you're just gonna wake up. And I, I, I wake up and I, you know, wipe my tired eyes and I rotate to the side of the bed and I do it every morning and I put my feet down and I stand up and I go, Oh, 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 oh. and everything's like fucking sore <laughs> and I'm like like my calves don't want my feet don't want to like touch the ground because like or like they, my heels sorry don't want to touch the ground because my calves are tight and um it's kind of a slow stand up I like stand up slowly because like the hamstrings and and then I kind of walk a bit and I go ah it's not too bad and then I make a coffee and I, I sit around and I watch like videos or catch up on maybe things had happened the night before, before I went to bed. And um, and then it's funny because then at like half nine, I start to run down from, the great thing about St. Moritz is you can run just from your doorstep. And away I go and I just really never know how the legs are going to feel. So, you know, I set off and I'm just, just so unsure. I'm like, well, they might feel great or they might be really tired. And I guess I found Thursday and Friday quite tougher this week. Thursday was the first day that I'd kind of been tired on a run. Um, proper tired. Like, you know, I just sat at the back and shuffled along. And then Friday warming up for the session. I sort of thought the session was going to be quite comfortable and quite easy, if I'm honest. And then I guess when I was warming up, it reminded me that what makes some of these sessions so difficult is that you're you're doing that specific session you know within maybe a seven day period where you've ran 120 mile 23 miles three or four days before you know on the i think on wednesday we ran 20 miles for example um and so yeah like it, it, it's the overall load that that kind of catches up with you um and that's what can make you quite tired. We did a session last Saturday where we ran, it, we had a fartlek around the lake, but before we did the fartlek, we did, um, you know, two by a K fast. And you're looking at, I'm running like 235 for a K at altitude. And, you know, I'm four or five seconds off the pace. Some of these guys are down at 230 or under. Um it's really interesting it's it's been that's been different and then you have to go do this fartlek and you know your your legs are pretty full of lactate and you're you know trying to buffer it and clear it and um find a rhythm doing the fartlek around the lake and and that's not slow either you know that's fast that's 430 440 pace and stuff so yeah it's been tough it's been challenging um but i've also learned that i really like that 
you know, I, I don't shy away from hard work, which is what I like. I kind of like, I actually could have moved to marathon training a bit sooner, but I asked Nick, could I, you know, do another full week with the boys? Because I just found being pushed and training in that little group with people that are, you know, Jack's just ran 13.06, I guess. You know, Stewie is, by all accounts, Stewie, world class. Um, <clears throat> I think right now he's likely fit enough to run, you know, very close to 13. And um, yeah, it's 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 been really impressive. You know, it's been it's just been really impressive to, I mean, they're impressive, but I'm also impressed by myself that I've been able to kind of keep up and and want to keep showing up even if I'm humbled and even, you know, if they run 230 for their K and, and I run 235 that I, that I don't, that I don't stress about it, that I realize for a marathon runner, that's actually pretty impressive. And, and yeah, like I just stay focused. So uh, that's been impressive. I guess there's a lot of motivation because now you've seen, um, you know, I have been selected for the Commonwealth Games and, um, I guess if I'm honest, it's probably the only championship in a, I'm going to say in a long time, but perhaps ever, that I've that I've genuinely, genuinely believed that I could win a medal. And I don't, I don't say that lightly, and then I don't want to say it in a way that sounds arrogant. It's just, if I get the training right and I stay healthy, and I prepare better than I did for Rotterdam, and I prepare better than I did for London Marathon when I ran 209, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, there was a probably a two week period a couple of weeks before London where I could have ran faster, you know, around Larne, that sort of that sort of week or two. I, I mean, I was in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. The the average mileage at that point probably would have been like ninety, versus like by London, you know, those three four weeks, but like around the taper for Antrim. And then the three weeks after Antrim, the fitness was just dropping every week. And that's that that I did the right thing by recovering from Antrim, but it doesn't change the fact that the fitness was dropping every week. So you've you've pulled a 209 out of the bag at London in pretty horseshit conditions. Um and yeah, so <clears throat> by all accounts, I believe there's a a 208 athlete in me I suppose you could say and I believe there's a 2-8 athlete in me not on the perfect day not on the perfect course I don't think London was the perfect day by any accounts anyone that remembers that day ran watched it was fucking horrible um, it was windy you know it was 15, 14 sorry 13 to you know 20 mile per hour winds it, it was sleet you know it was freezing cold it was it was horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, but I got a job done, which was which was the most impressive thing. And so, yeah, if if you can get your fitness anywhere between probably two hundred seven to two ten at a Commonwealth Games, you're going to be very competitive. Um, the Kenyan team looks really strong, very very strong actually. So you're going to say things like medals lightly. Because at the end of the day, there's a Kenyan marathoner with a you know a PB of two four, so definitely say medals lightly. But you know, not not every Kenyan at every major championship runs really well. Um, 
And so that that's provided an extra layer of motivation, knowing that there's a really good chance of being competitive. I don't, I haven't done anything special in training that would tell me I'm going to run a great marathon. You know, I think I've done some stuff on the track that I've never been capable of doing before. I think I'm running, you know, I've ran a 58, 400. I did it. We did a tempo, maybe like a tempo at like close to three minutes per K and then three, four hundreds in, you know, cutting down to 58 seconds, for example. It's not, it's just, it's an area that I gain confidence from if I know that track stuff's in a good place. I don't really know why there's a direct correlation for me, but there is. I find confidence in the fact I can go run two hours, 20 minutes and not feel that tired, to tell you the truth. Now, it wasn't fast. It wasn't hard like we did in Font, but there might be a situation where, well, no, actually, I don't need to necessarily do those hard, fast runs because I think if you actually look at what I did on Friday, the 20 by K, the average heart rate and the the kind of efforts I'm running at would be very similar to those hard, long runs in Font. So, you know, that's kind of covering that area, if that makes sense. So, you don't always need the carbon copy buildups. You just need to make sure... You know, Friday was 66 minutes, for example, at 160 heart rate average. And I think if I go back and look at the long runs in Font, you were looking at 80 to 90 minutes of those runs. Well, probably 80 minutes of those runs, you know, being around those kind of heart rates. And so as long as you're putting the time in and as as long as you're hitting the same efforts for those lengths of time, you're, you're going to be in a good place. I... I don't know how the Commonwealth Games Marathon will go. I, I know that it's going to be pretty hilly. And so we've made sure in some of the long runs you're running up and down hills. One of the big things that I've probably been doing um, is not wearing the Garmin. So I've, I've wore the Garmin for some things, but actually for a lot of things, I've just been wearing the Timex. And I was on a threshold with Stewie and it was my like second day at altitude and I was pretty tired. And I... I probably, it's not that I thanked him after the run, but I was probably like, you know, you you definitely can just run on if you need to. Like, he kept running with me, for example. And to be, to be fair, I think we averaged like 4.55 per mile. It wasn't slow, but but I knew he was feeling good. And to be honest, I knew if he wanted to, he could have just ran away from me. But he said something really interesting. And it was like, threshold is kind of this range. And it really is a range. Like, I probably could have ran at 510 that day instead of 455 and I still can call it a threshold run. But the only reason you're you're hammering along at 455 is because you're wearing that Garmin. And that was such a so what he said to me was pretty much I didn't need to go any quicker. And I kind of like I kind of thought about it and he was like and then he joked and he said, "Yeah, like like my Timex doesn't care type thing." And it was kind of like yeah, it's kind of a fair point. Like, he was still working hard enough to get a decent, you know, training stimulus. But he actually didn't really care about the individual splits. And none of us really should. And to be honest, none of us really do. All we fucking care about is that it's going to fucking appear on Strava or Garmin or... It's mental. And I, the more I think about it, the more, like... I'll tell you an example. I was running around Bushy Park, doing a lap of the park pretty hard. And... I got to like, I guess I got to like two miles in 
and in my head I was quite happy with the you know the effort and the speed and and then I was like okay I'll have a look down at what pace I'm running (laughs) and then like the second I looked at what pace I was running well well it almost put me in a bad mood and then I was no longer happy with the pace and I was no longer happy with the effort I wanted my heart rate to be higher I wanted the pace to be faster and it's kind of fucking bullshit like the pace was probably fine the effort was fine I just Garmin is such a controlling I'm not going to start preaching this now but it's such a it's such a control that it's almost making us give a shit about something we don't want to give a shit and the example I'm going to use here and don't like read into this too much but like it's as if you've gone on Instagram and one of your friends or your your partner or somebody's liked a picture or commented on something and you feel the need to care and you feel the need to be annoyed even though you're really not you know and that's kind of what the Garmin kind of does and it, you kind of look down you're not happy with the pace you're not happy with the heart rate or you're not happy with how hard you're having to work to run that pace and and all of a sudden it puts you in a pretty shitty foul mood and it might even affect your day's training. You might even let it get to you so much that for the rest of the training day, you're not happy. So I went out and did two hours, 20 minutes this morning. No Garmin, no bullshit, just me, two hours, 20 minutes, and then met the group for the final hour. And you know how like nice it was to meet the group and and not have to like like get them to like push? Because I just didn't fucking care, to be honest, if the pace slowed down or... I didn't care if we walked for the first 10 minutes. I just didn't care. And it's not like, it's just because I know it doesn't matter. And so there's been a real, call it niceness and freedom to, you know, pick an, of course, for the alternating Ks, I wore the Garmin because there's a level of, you know, control with that. And you do want to keep an eye on your alternating paces and things like that. But but actually now that I've done it round the loop and I kind of know I wouldn't have to wear it next time, you know, I'd I'd kind of just know, and so there's, there's been a lot less, I've still been uploading, um, call it like manual training to Strava, because I, I really like the Strava calendar, like I love how it looks, I, I think I like to visually see the mileage, I like to see that for four weeks, you know, I've kept the volume quite high, and and I like to see things like that, but I've realized that I don't really care too much about average paces of runs or average paces of tempos or, you know, because a week later, sometimes you're quicker, sometimes you're slower. Two weeks later, sometimes you're absolutely far faster or something pops up and you're not, you know, weather. (laughs) We, We did a tempo a week ago and the weather was probably almost perfect. And then last Friday we did it and you know, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty strong wind along one side of the, the loop. I, I mean, you're looking at, you're running two. I think I was like two fifty four, two fifty seven, two fifty seven, for the K's on the nice side of the lake, if that's what you want to call it. And then you go to the other side of the lake, and you're looking at three o seven, three o eight. You know, I think three o nine, maybe even. And the effort was harder, but all of a sudden on your Garmin, you like you know, you get pissed off, but you know, if the loop was like 1k shorter, you might have actually been doing your quicker k's all with a tailwind, and and like, does that make it a better day? 
no, of course not. It, you know, it, it probably made it a better day that you actually worked harder into the wind. Um, so I would advise heavily to mix it up a bit. You know, maybe some days um, wear the Garmin. Maybe some days just, you know, fucking just go run for you. Don't worry about Strava. Just do it for you. If you want to push really hard, push really hard. You want to go really easy, go really easy. The beautiful thing is when you when you don't have the when you don't have the Garmin and you don't give a shit about Strava or Kudos and any of this bullshit. And it really is. I'm sorry to say that, and that's really harsh. But you know, it sometimes it really is nonsense, especially if it's making you run too fast. You know, it it might be counterproductive. And I'm not trying to take a bash here at Strava. You know, I I don't get me wrong. When I was doing, I remember doing those long runs in Font and getting all excited about how impressed some people might be on Strava and things like this. But I think then sometimes it works against you, and and you end up pushing maybe too hard on some occasions, and and then you know you have to upload a race to Strava that didn't go that well and apologize to everybody, and, and you know like it's a corrupt system sometimes. Um, but it but it serves a purpose for sure, um, and I, I'm a big fan. Like I'm not I'm not gonna start bashing. Um, I'm just I would probably just say tread carefully, like everything, just like social media, and um, yeah, just tread carefully and and pick your moments when you're gonna push, and um, yeah, don't be afraid to just put on a fuck carry a stopwatch, bring an old Timex, you know, and just just run for you. It's been so uplifting. It's been so nice, which sounds really silly, and but it really has. I can't tell you how nice it was to go and run, like like I said, two hours twenty minutes this morning, and really not know, you know, what pace I was going. I had no, like I felt like when I wore the Garmin the week before, I was I was pressing and pressing because I was kind of averaging a certain pace, and God forbid I slowed down, you know, and. And that's not necessarily what some runs are about, especially not in like a, a three session week where you're, you know, doing a session Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then you're doing, you know, a long run Sunday. I really don't think there's any need to push, but obviously if it's a like Friday, a, a marathon session or a marathon tempo where you've planned to do a hard long run, that's very different. And I, I think they serve a really good purpose and I think they're really important. And maybe on that day, yes, you know, bring your Garmin. If if you want visual feedback because it's quite nice to have and it makes the run go quicker sometimes, or if you want to just see where you're at, well, then it's really useful. But you don't need to be a slave to it. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. I have another, um, I think I have another two long runs. So I guess it's like four, four and a bit weeks to go. Um... I guess it's like it was like five yesterday, I think. And so I guess I have another two two long runs is how I see it. And then that brings you to three weeks to go. And then I guess from three weeks to go. So the next two weeks are are pretty important. The next three weeks are actually pretty important. The next two are still, by all accounts, full, full training. The third week, you drop the long run down a little bit. But Apart from that, it's there's probably I'm spitballing here, not spitballing. I'm tripping over myself, my words. There's probably three weeks of good training left to be done, which is another reason why I just wore the Timex today and I didn't want to push the long run because um, I realized there's still three weeks to go and maybe there's a level of maturity there or um, yeah, just like trying to 
not get hurt like perhaps i have done in the past and all the good fitness goes to waste in a sense and so yeah maybe there's experience there maybe there's a level of maturity um but yeah three three more big weeks um i'm giving this a go for the olympics i'd maybe played it safe i tried to be healthy um i'm still trying to be healthy but by doing the right things the rehab the stretching and the little bits of strength stuff but believe me today's going to be 27 miles maybe um you know i'm putting in work real work because you know if i if i put in the work now i'll not i'll not regret it on race day whatever happens and of course if if certain moves are made and it becomes a lot harder to win a medal than i thought well at least i've prepared as as well as i can and normally i stand on the start line of a marathon and maybe i've ran 90 mile a week and i sort of except there's people in the field do 120 130 this time i'm not giving away any inches at all i'm gonna you know this time i'm trying to match or even do more um and and yeah let's let's see what i can produce at the end all right guys thanks for listening bye bye